welcome to Protect Our Past, where we value the historic identity of Cape Cod and the islands and are working really hard to stir an interest in saving it. I'm so sad to see it demolishing slowly. So we want to stop that from happening. I'm Ellen Briggs, founder and president of this nonprofit organization. And Matt Holden is our co-host. And he's here right beside me. And he's ready for today's really interesting, wonderful interview with our guest. Hi, Matt. How are you? Can you believe summer is almost I know. over? What happened? I can't believe it, but here's the good news. The football season started oh, soon. So we've well, got, I'm just So finally, we're coming out yeah. of the cruel season. We have something to watch. Oh, my gosh. That just turns me right on. Actually, <laughs> not. But anyway... Um, would you introduce our guest first, please? Uh, I am. And uh, again, I'm Matt Holden. I'm co-hosting here with um, my partner in Partner Crime, Ellen Briggs. Um, as always, we're delighted to be a member of the WOMR listening community. And today we have another special guest. I think on the last show I said we always have a special guest. But today's guest is Allison Gorman, an American citizen from across the pond, Alison Praytel, what drew you to Cape and how did you get here? Well, thank you very much, uh, Matt and Ellen. Thank you for inviting me. I'm very happy to be here. Well, um, my husband is a citizen of these fair United States and um, we've known each other for 35 years. And every year we have made a, at least two to three trips to, um, to the beautiful Cape Cod and islands. Um, we've always loved to come, hated to leave. Um, and then uh, we've been married now for 30 years this year. Uh, we did start off our married life in Windsor, Connecticut, where we bought an antique home. And uh, as I said, we were there for 22 years. Um, we raised our family. We had chickens and goats and all the other things that you do when you um, have your life together. And uh, we decided to downsize as the children, uh, one by one, um, started on their own journeys in life and uh, we were looking for a place to move to and the only place we could think of was Cape Cod as it is such a magical place and we've been lucky enough to come and, here. And we're trying to preserve it, right, Ellen? Yes, we're trying to preserve what it is that it attracted you to this. So let's get to the core of it. Um, why is there such a clear difference in attitude towards saving historic properties or just just enjoying and preserving and loving historic properties in the UK as opposed to America? What, if, what do you see from your point of view? So my thought on this is that in the United Kingdom, we have a very long history um, recorded since the first kings over a thousand years ago. And of course, what they leave behind are their buildings. Um, they are associated with the British uh, sorry, associated with the founding of the British nation. Um, they, with them, have preserved many beautiful um, grounds and sites. And we think of those as being part of our lives that you see all the time. Um, the United States is a great country, but it's a very young country. Um, there's the impression of progressiveness um, going forward. Um, um, decisions have to be made as far as what stays and what goes. Um, so I still think in the United States, uh, we're still kind of figuring it out. Mm -hmm. And Alison, I, doing some research prior to our show today, I, I read that in UK, there's an established program called Britain's Heritage Protection Program. 
And in it, it says, I quote, a historic environment in a shared resource and understanding the significance of historic places is vital. How effective is this as a restoration incentive and guide? And I'm assuming that the the heritage program has been around a long time. So it's matured, it's developed, it's been through several iterations to where it is today. And I understand that it not only preserves and protects the integrity of historic buildings on the outside, but on the inside as well. And I I think there's a big gap there, Ellen, in in the work that we're doing here is that there's really no protection for the, you know, internal integrity of a historic property. Oh, well, that's, that's, I mean, we're having a hard enough time trying to save the the outer shell as original looks and architecture. But when the inside goes, we have no, nobody has, I don't think anywhere has any protection. Do you in England, if someone has a wonderful old fireplace, mantelpiece for a fireplace, is that part of what gets protected? It, it most certainly is. Um, the, the, well, first of all, I'll talk about the British Heritage Foundation. Mm-hmm. Um, there are laws which, are, which the government um, puts into place um, which protect list, what we call listed buildings. Um, that, that they they cannot be altered um, in any any sh- any shape way or form without um, a governing body having some input, um, but they're mostly associated with historical events, or they have some reason for being there and for not wanting to develop areas around it. For example, you wouldn't have an old stately home, and then a big building site of you know four hundred buildings right next to it because it just would not fit into the countryside the way that country um the the countryside is set up in england is that you you know you'll have the town which is you know all of the shopping areas and everything close together and then just outside the town it's all countryside and it's all Mm -hmm. preserved we have farms we have things you know we, we you know people have working farms obviously no 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 farms no food um, but what we see in the United States is that is the crawling and sprawling out of of, of land. Um, but the insides of buildings, it's important to keep those as well because when you think about, for example, the Tudor period, so we're talking you know the fifteen to sixteen hundreds, you couldn't really keep the old timber outsides of the buildings and then inside have a perfectly modern IKEA type house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it just would not really wash and people who want to buy those kind of buildings they usually have a lot of money and have an interest in in you know preserving those buildings the way they are they might make some new adjustments for example modern plumbing and have indoor bathrooms and things like that but generally speaking um, they will still keep the insides of the homes um, as near as they can to the original state so but, how can we convince, I mean, obviously, the respect for history runs deep in in the UK and British Isles and other parts of the world because their history is deeper than ours. Ours is pretty shallow. Uh, and you used a phrase earlier, which I was intrigued by, saying it's part of our lives. And I'm not just talking about the big mansions in the countryside, I'm talking about the little cottages that are part of the village. And... Um, you said it's part of our lives. And how do we make it a part of our lives in this country that a house that's 100 years old, 200 year old, years old, 300 years old should be maintained inside 
and out? That's a big question. Let's see what you have to say. Well, I wholeheartedly believe that it's important to preserve the beauty. When you look at a home or a building that is really oh, you know, ancient, um, ancient to us in England, ancient here might be two <laughs> totally different things, but you can't help but look at, the, look at a building with its gardens and marvel at the beauty and the soul of the place. Uh, it's, it's kind of difficult to describe. Is, anybody who's been to the Sistine, Tra- Sistine Chapel will always come away with the feeling that they visited somewhere that is incredibly special. Mm-hmm. And I think it has to be the same for this country. It needs to be adopted here because once those things go away, there are so many things that go away with it, these intangible things. Um, you'll often hear people talking about, well, when I was a young child, all those far- that was all farmland. You could for the- We used to play there with our brothers and sisters and cousins and my grandparents would come out and they were talking and, and, and now it's just been ploughed down and it's just you know, malls and built and and homes and blocks of flats and things like that. And I know people have to live. People need to have places to go. We've, you know, we, we, you know, we, we, we need to, to have that. But buildings that were put in place by or built by our forefathers and people at the time when this country was established are very, very, very important because they give us grounding they talk about the start of our nation. They are um, witnesses to um, historical events. And we need that connection with the past. And harping back on again about the beauty and the soul, um, John Keats, a British poet, you might be familiar with him, said, a thing of beauty is a joy forever. And joy and beauty is what is really needed in people's lives. Um, I can attest to this from living in my hometown, actually, um, where I came from was Sandwich on the southeast coast, the original Sandwich. Um, It was one of the Sank ports. Uh, One of our local pubs was a um, a building where Queen Elizabeth I sat to wait about news about the Armada, whether the Spanish had actually managed to put foot on British soil. Um, You go down a a one-way street that's really tiny and the, the, the timbered... Tudor homes that the the the, the roofs or the, the the second floors are practically touching because they're moving slightly. But I grew up with these, and at that time, the cobbled streets, I didn't really think anything of it. But I go back now, and I just really really appreciate that. So it's something that you, you know you can't eradicate these buildings; they have to remain. Wow, Ellen, I think we need a pop field trip to Sandwich. Yes, yes. Will you take? And that will take us off Cape, not and, and not we'll the take Sandwich here. WOMR listeners, let's let's, let's do it. Let's go, and we'll we'll have some scones yes. and some clotted cream and some strawberry jam and tea and, and tea. Oh, absolutely, oh, yes, my sister will host us in her very beautiful English garden. All right, yes, absolutely. Let's, let's work. Let's put that together. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Super dude. Our, our next live remote, right? Right. Maybe we should just start in the local sandwich here on the Cape, Upper Cape first. Oh, we could start that. That's a good, that's a good place There's to start. There's a great place for tea there. And yeah. it's historic. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. Ellen, what else we got here? We want to talk a little bit about the... Uh, I have another actual question about the Heritage Program, uh, Allison. And one of the things that, um, that I had researched was this Missing Pieces Project, which I think is fascinating because what it really does is it... 
engenders people to participate in this heritage program and um, it gives people the ability to post images, content, material, photos of historic properties. And in, basically, it's a registry of all nationally protected historic buildings and sites across England. And it's this everyone can participate. And do you think this pitch-in approach has really helped people embrace the cause and not just honor it and live it, live it? Because, Ellen, that's what we're trying to do here. We're trying to create a grassroots movement to, to get people to interact Um share your pictures um and send them to us maybe this is a good time to remind people of our email yeah yeah um i'm at chatham roads chatham roads one word at hotmail.com ellen for you ellen at protectourpast.org and we really you know the more the merrier we can as you can tell we have a good time as well as we have a serious job ahead of us so um you know given that um this missing pieces project seems to be a very successful element of this whole heritage program and um but again i think it's been going on for so long in england that people truly embrace it they just don't honor it and and based on what you just described in in um articulation of sandwich you really do embrace it Mm -hmm. oh absolutely absolutely um you know it's I, i think one of the biggest barriers has always been cost you know the, the money spent mm-hmm. and in in bringing together every you know as many people as they can in to uh, participate in um these restoration programs su- such as um you can get a pass which will allow you to visit any heritage site in the united kingdom doesn't matter where it was where it is um and you can get in free um, there's ways, there's other ways that they can raise money. I mean, you might, uh, I don't know um, if, you're, if you've ever um, known about um, Diana, Princess of Wales. She came from um, um, a country home which was very, very, um, very, very well known up in the northern part of the country. And um, they actually opened the stately home to visitors to be able to raise money to, to be able to make those restorations. Um, even as far as making plantings for the gardens and things like that. Mm-hmm. The royal family has gotten very involved in preserving um, these heritage sites. Um, of course, there's always going to be people who are going to think that government money should be spent elsewhere. Um, we have a lot more social services in the UK. Um, but mostly people do recognise that these places are lovely to visit on their vacations or on a weekend or on bank holidays and they can picnic and everybody gets to enjoy the space yeah and that's uh you you do a far better job at that in england than we do in this country um i want to get back to because i'm thinking about private homes um and certainly the national preservation trust in america does a lot in that area and preserving these wonderful notable homes but the everyday house you know when we go along 6a in on the cape you know they're where you live actually mm-hmm. you, you did buy an historic house here um the charm is just is so memorable for people who visit the cape and we'd like to make sure that the other houses are also being protected but you said something i thought was very interesting in that in the uk they have the village and then the and the cottages around and then they have the open land with the countryside, and then another village. And and you were commenting on here, we, the growth is, is 
going out, that we're sort of what the epicenters of the villages or living spaces are being crowded out by going outward and where you sort of using up that open space. Um, I never thought of it that way, but I think that's an interesting point of view. Um, and well, think I, about and a lot it, of it, not to interrupt, but you know, if you drive 30 miles west of Boston, where does that put you? It puts you in Worcester, 30 miles outside of the village of Sandwich where you grew up and you're going to be in a bucolic setting of, of yeah. stone walls and farmland. So that, that is that due to population growth? And I'm sure you have a, many more people living in England than they, they used to. But also the pressure of big money and wanting to buy up that land. So aren't they trying to buy up this countryside and build it up like they are in this country? There are protections in place, I think, to stop that. There we go. Protection, that's the key. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We need and that. It's, it's not only on a on a governmental level but also on a on a you know a um a grassroots level as well mm-hmm. um wow it's That's yeah great. it's 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 very it's very much um even even to the point of like old schools like old convent schools and i went to a convent school in the united kingdom and it was a very old building and it's it's still there it has actually been repurposed into um, apartments for um, over fifty and you know, elderly living, but the building is still is still there. Right. Um, and I mean, there there will be changes, but change is okay. We have to change. It's it's one of the things that happens. Death taxes change, I suppose. But what's really important is that you really give it good thought and mm-hmm. don't just think about. The bottom, the bottom dollar, the bottom end of the dollar. There you go. So because, yeah, because it's, it's, you know, once it's gone, it's gone forever. Oh, my favorite phrase, once lost, gone forever. And, Amen, Ellen. And what are we going to look like if we get rid of it all? Then we're, we're going to look like, well, I won't say it. <laughs> <laughs> well, pave paradise and then we're anywhere USA. Anywhere USA. What a great loss for the peninsula of Cape Cod, which is why we are working so hard to, to right. slow and that This is a good time, it. Ellen, to remind people yes. that become a friend of POP. You yes. can make a donation at our website at www.protectourpast.org. We have a variety of other social media outlets. You can interact with uh, content that we have published out there on you can visit us at Protect Our Past USA on Facebook. Um, you can look at our YouTube channel where we have our pop reels and our pop clips. And The Love Letter to Cape Cod, which yes. is an important film. But guess what? We have another film that has been completed and it's going to be premiered at, oh, we're going to give everybody a sneak peek, October 14th at the Orpheum. We are going to... Um, initiate something that doesn't exist anywhere in the world, a preservation film festival. And that's when we're going to premiere Love Letter, I'm uh, sorry, Life Rings, our new film, to the world. So put October 14th that weekend on your calendar. And it's open bar too, folks, so you yep. definitely don't want to miss this. <laughs> oh, really? Are you paying for that? Yay, thank you. You all heard it here. Maybe, maybe around. Right, 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 right. But there, um, you know, we want to expose what's happening. I'm, I'm going to go back to one. I don't know how much time we have left, but uh, I want to get back to a question. Five, ten. Okay, good. We have some time. Um, 
One of the re- responses we get from people when they when we suggest that they keep what they what was there an historic property, they say, "Oh, I have I have my property rights. I get to do what I want. I own this, so I can do whatever I want." You don't, and they get really upset if we ask them to reconsider demolition. And in fact, there is a very important house on Route 28 in Harwich that has just been lost and it has a one-year demolition and it goes back to the 1700s. It's in good shape and they, I, we were not part of this. We're going to step in and see if we can stop it because that's one of the things we do. Uh, but it is up for demolition unless someone wants to move it and it is a critical part Vital. of the history of mm-hmm. the Cape, this particular house. I'm not going to... So again, we're working on it. Hopefully, um, uh, by we're the just time you're keep listening fighting to this, City Hall, you can't yeah. always win, but We've, you got to fight the good fight. You got to step up and say this matters. And I know that's an overused phrase, but you've said it so well that we need to to value the the history. I think you used we are witnesses to historical events. These and that's our film does cover this. Mm-hmm. These walls are made of wood that have been around for hundreds of years and will stay around. And they're filled with stories. Sometimes people have ghost stories. Do you have a ghost story? Actually, I do. Oh, good. I think, <laughs> I think the UK is one big ghost story, actually. The place is so old. Yes, I know. It's, um, well, actually, it was my, my father. My father was born in 1919. And uh, he grew up in a place called Winkman Hall, which is up in Mansfield, England. And uh, he used to tell us um, when we were kids, um, he was one of eight. And this place had something like 20 bedrooms. It was really quite large. Wow. And um, he has a a, a picture of his father with the uh, then Prince of Wales, who went on to become Edward VIII, um, at the local hunt in front of Winkburn Hall. And he said that that house was actually haunted. And he remembers huddling with his brothers at night um, because if they ever went, got up to go to the bathroom by themselves, that they would be visited by the grey lady. <gasps> wow. Yeah, and uh, he said that it was, he said that it was terrifying. And, uh, but anyway, the whole family moved out and, uh, but my father lived to tell the tale and uh, <laughs> shared his love of older homes um, with his daughter, that's me. Um, and I just wanted to add one other um, Please, thing that I, was, that I was thinking about is that the monuments that we have in our wonderful country, when you think of the United States and you think of the White House, the Lincoln Memorial, um, Mount Rushmore, um, <clears throat> and, and you know, the, the Arch at St. Louis, and, 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 and many, many others, there would be a, a, a national outcry, at least I hope there would be, if anybody ever said, well, we're going to pull that down, we're going to put something else up instead. And mm-hmm. I think we have to think, pay attention to, to, to nationally, but bring that idea locally, is think about, you know, this is something that really, you know, represents our nation and who we are and, and keeping that specialness about a certain place by what you see every day. Exactly. I mean, why destroy something that brought you to the Cape in the first place? Right. And there's there's something about the fact that it gives you roots. 
I feel roots when I'm in an older house. I feel yeah. rooted like I belong or I'm connected. I feel well, we have roots here in the OMR studio. And speaking of hauntings, you know what else is haunted? Oh, what? The elevator here yeah. in this building. That's haunted. <laughs> yeah, we did have an incident there. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. So, Ellen, I think our time is getting small. Uh, we got some things we want to wrap up first. Allison, thank you very much for uh, your time today. This was a lovely exchange. And just great to hear the story about where you grew up in Sandwich. And by the way, what... What was the date where the Queen was waiting for the Spanish Armada to... Oh, that, was, that would have been around like 1580. Okay, before my time. Oh, yeah, a little, <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. Okay. But thank you for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure. Oh, yeah, this was great. Thank really you very fun. much. And again, thank you for do- uh, to WOMR for having us here, uh, keeping us around. Uh, Ellen, any closing comments well, or thoughts? Well, just a reminder, Love Letter to Cape Cod, it's 30 minutes and go watch it on protectourpast.org and put October 14th on your calendar for the premiere of Life Rings. It is going to knock some socks off some people. It, there's some real eye-opening information about the eco damage that we do to the planet when we demolish a house, an historic house, and build a new one. Stay tuned for that information. And what about our closing comment? Oh, is it your turn or mine? I think it's your turn. Okay, I love it. It's a, it's a quote by John Saul Hill. And he said, In the end, a society will be defined not only by what it creates, but what it refuses to destroy. Think about it. Until next time, folks, and thank you. Thank you.